everyone, welcome to Dream Nation podcast. And today on the show, I have Rafael Espinal, and he is a Democrat, and he represents the 37th District of New York City Council. So he's a councilman. And um, the areas that he presides over are Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brownsville, Bushwick, Crown Heights, Cypress Hills, and East New York in Brooklyn. And uh, he first came onto my radar because he repealed the Dancing Cabaret Law from 1926. And if you're a New Yorker that's been in New York for a very long time, you probably don't remember being able to dance in a club because this law has been passed in 1926. And um, the law was often called racist, homophobic, and authoritarian by its opponents. So thanks to Raphael, the law is no longer in effect and New Yorkers can now rejoice and dance. And now he's working on a new project, which is the ban of plastic straws in New York. This podcast is going to focus a lot on sustainability, on food and nutrition, and education. It was a really great show, but it's a little short because I ended up running about 20 minutes late because guess what? One of my microphones broke. Surprise, right? So I ended up being really late to the podcast and we didn't get to cover as much as I wanted to. But that's okay because I have a feeling that Rafael is going to be on the show again sometime soon because he's doing some really interesting work in the community. So um, enjoy the show. Raphael, thank you so much for being on the show. So uh, this podcast is all about diversity and social impact, and um, that's kind of where you come in. I've been following all the work that you've been doing, and I thought you were really interesting, and here I am. And uh, my first question to you is, what was your dream as a kid? My dream as a kid had nothing to do with politics. Uh, I was more of a creative type, and I always envisioned myself being in the creative world whether it be writing or making films or get involved in music in some way. And I think that came from uh, inner an inner passion to want to inspire people. I think the arts inspired me personally uh, and it's affected me as a person and changed my views in the world. And I, and I think that that passion and that idea of being able to do the same um, translated to the politics I'm working in today. And I see my job as a way to inspire the people in my district and in the city and provide them the tools they need to live a better life. So um, it wasn't until I was in my early to mid-20s that I made the decision that politics was going to be something I was willing to pursue. Um, but if it wasn't for that inner passion of wanting to inspire people, I don't think I would be in politics. Which brings you to working on banning plastic straws in New York right now, which is a really big project. What do you see as the biggest problem with plastic straws in New York? I hear that there are um, over 150 million plastic straws on the Hudson, and I think there are about 500 million straws used on a daily basis. I have to verify those facts. Right. Um, 500 million is correct. Mm -hmm. 150 million, I have to double check on I mean, that. It might be 1,000. It might be 1,000, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's about, I believe it's 150,000 uh, plastic straws uh, in our local waterways here in New York. And I do believe it's important for uh, listeners that live on coastlines that, you know, if you live in those cities, your, your cities are uh, more uh, at risk of being um, the perpetrators in and contributing to the amount of plastic in, in our oceans. So, you know, New York, as we know, is a coastal city. Um, and because of that, our waterways are more vulnerable to getting plastic dumped into them. You know, the plastic straw ban, I think, is one step we can take 
in order to raise awareness around the, the broader issue around uh, plastic pollution in our oceans, but also um, for us to think about what we should be doing, what daily habits we can change in order to reduce our uh, reliance on single-use plastics. Uh, I see it as, as an easy shift because uh, plastic straws are a convenience for uh, for us when we go out and, and enjoy a iced coffee in the morning or drinking a, co- a cocktail at night. I don't think that straws are necessary. It's something that we use to make our daily lives easier, but we have to take into account that that convenience comes at a cost to the planet. And as consumers and as business owners, we should be having a deeper conversation of what, you know, what other plastics are out there that we can um, reduce in our lives. Well, I'd love to see legislation that basically creates regulation for plastics too, meaning that the toxins that are used in plastics can be banned. Because I don't know if it will be possible to get rid of all the plastics in the world, but at least we can make them with less toxic. Right. I mean, what's interesting is that um, that there are compostable plastics created using plant-based products, and these products, you know, behave and look and uh, bend just as plastic bends and can be used in the same way but can be tossed into your compost bin and composted with the rest of your organics. You recently opened up a new school on Atlantic Avenue. You were personally involved with developing their thousand square foot greenhouse. Uh, Brooklyn has a lot of gardens more than uh, many other boroughs. You know, what is your vision in regards to the school and the health of um, Brooklyn residents and yeah. the garden? So I have a personal connection to green space and access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and I would say it's uncommon because I actually was born and raised in Cypress Hills, East New York, uh, which historically have been neighborhoods that have been disinvested in by our city and state governments. Our, you know, food uh, insecure communities, there's very little access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Even to this day, if you go to the supermarket now, you still won't find quality, you find other supermarkets across the city. But my parents, uh, fortunately for me, uh, utilized our backyard space as like a space to grow um, you know, lettuce, tomatoes, eggplants, whatever you can name that you probably wouldn't find in your local bodega was growing in my backyard. And they incorporated, you know, that food in, into our daily meals at home. So, you know, I saw my parents, you know, actually doing some real urban gardening. And I saw uh, the process that goes into that and also the fruits of that labor at the end of the day. And I can say that I've been fortunate enough to live a healthier lifestyle a lot of my neighbors because of that. So I found it to be very important for me as the representative of my community to make sure that we in the city are having a real conversation about what we could be doing better uh, to address those inequities of food access. Um, How do we make sure that uh, we are providing access to neighborhoods like East New York uh, to fresh fruits and vegetables, because these same neighborhoods are neighborhoods that are dealing with high rates of asthma, high rates of diabetes, high rates of other cardiac issues and diseases, and it's all linked to diet. You know, if you're someone who's waking up in the morning, eating uh, bacon, eggs, and cheese with a side of Coca-Cola every single morning, your health and your life is going to be severely impacted just because of that food choice, right? And it already puts you at a disadvantage to the average New Yorker who's probably living in a better neighborhood that has access to better food. So we have to break that cycle in order to deal with the bigger conversation, um, you know, of health, personal health, mental health, uh, even, you know, income inequality um, and all those other conversations. So 
I've been made in my mission that any new development that comes into my neighborhood, any new school that comes into my neighborhood, um, has some sort of gardening component to it because I believe that that will increase access for my constituents to that food. Um, the school I'm very proud of, we actually broke ground uh, not too long ago, is under construction, but I pushed the mayor's office and said we have to make sure that this garden is in place because I want my, the kids in my neighborhood to learn how to garden, uh, to be able to see the importance of it and take that back home and possibly uh, force their parents to buy them better food and uh, learn that you know food is part of a, of a healthy lifestyle. So that's been my, one of my core missions and I'm going to continue pushing that as long as I'm in office. I know the importance of uh, a plant-based diet. Uh, I try to incorporate that as much as I can. Uh, I, I would say that I've probably leaned off meat in the past year to by over you know 80%. So yeah, I think it's great. That's amazing. And um, the school also has a really huge um, art and science program, correct? Yes, yes. I'm, we're going to make sure it has uh, all of all of the state of the art equipment, all of the state of the art classrooms and education, and making sure that in a neighborhood that has been disinvested for so long, we're actually building uh, some of the best um, institutions that the city has to offer. You know, now it's time to right all of that wrong and making sure that we change the tide and change the conversation and the outcome and the future for the people who live there. So, very excited about that. Personally, as an artist myself, I think that uh, it would also allow a lot of children more interested in the maths and sciences that they're actually having another outlet where they can, where we can see, you know, their personal education grow. You also brought up the asthma rates too, which makes me think of the Eltrian apocalypse. You know, are there steps being taken by by citizens and by the administration of the city of Brooklyn to improve the air quality and the health quality of Brooklyn as people keep on moving into the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Well, just to kind of um, paint out how bad the situation is, and just to give you an anecdotal story. You know, just the other day, I have a neighbor who's Puerto Rican and he depends on oxygen to go to sleep at night and, and throughout the day. And he went to Puerto Rico a few weeks ago and he came back and told me that he was there for two weeks without depending on any oxygen, you know, because of the air quality. And that's him without knowing any, without having any idea on my work around uh, making sure we have uh, a better environment for us to live in. This just his own excitement kind of show that, you know, kind of reminded me of how bad the situation here is in Brooklyn. and. We are not doing enough to, to address those issues, and I think the L train shutdown is a perfect opportunity to look at our current transit infrastructure and figure out what could we be doing to minimize the impact of those carbon emissions in our communities. You know, asthma in North in Bushwick is probably one of the highest like uh, health issues that we have, especially uh, in young children. So when the MTA is talking about moving from the subways to above ground transportation, uh, we should look at how we can green the buses that are currently being used. Uh, Right now, MTA's bus fleet runs on diesel, uh, but there is technology out there and there are buses out there that are 100% electric. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for the MTA to start investing its capital dollars in purchasing those buses and integrating them into their fleet but they've decided to only purchase 10 to pilot for the next three years and purchase, unfortunately, 200 new diesel buses for the ultra shutdown in this coming April. So, you know, 
I think it's a backwards way of thinking. You know, how do we invest in diesel buses when, when we're cleaning up a problem? The tunnel that's the tunnel is being shut down. That's that separates Brooklyn from Manhattan is being shut down because of Hurricane Sandy and the, and the damages that had in that infrastructure. So how are we dealing with climate change by buying more buses that can contribute to climate change problems? It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. And um, but that's a whole separate conversation, you know. Um, Speaking of health, you're also working on passing the rights to disconnect bill, which is really fascinating. And uh, I want to talk to you for a minute about that. You're basically focusing on companies and um, their connection to employees after hours. So um, I'll let you actually talk about it because you're passing it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the right to disconnect bill uh, simply gives you as a employee the opportunity to disconnect from work after you leave work. Well, that's a question in itself. Like, when are you allowed to leave work? Like, when are people in New York allowed to go home? You come in sometimes and you just can't leave. I think in 2018, there's an expectation for you to be working 24 hours a day because of the fact that you have access to a smartphone that keeps you connected to your job, whether it be uh, your boss being able to uh, give you a call at any point of your day or the fact that you have access to your work emails and can shoot off an email at any point in the night or in the morning, but science and studies are continue to show that this is having a negative, severe impact on your mental health, on your physical health, and even on in personal relationships at home. Um, uh, Virginia Tech recently released a report showing that there are issues in marriages and relationships with family members because of how much work has spilled into our personal lives. And that line between work and your personal life has been blurred. And I think this bill would give the employees the right to decide on when they want to work, when they don't want to work. Meaning your boss will still be able to call you, but you don't have to feel the pressure of answering the call. And you won't have to feel afraid that you're going to lose your job or be reprimanded against the next morning when you get into the office. Um, and if they put pressure on you and or if they reprimand you, they'll easily receive a fine by the city of New York and um, told that this is not the policy that should be in place and that, that the employees have the right to choose if they want to continue working or not after hours. Well, you know, I think um, the Industrial Revolution happened and we had machines and there were all these unions that came into place, right? We had unions, we had workers' rights, and now we have the tech revolution and there are no rules. And it's 24-7. I get emails at like 2 o'clock in the morning. They're like, hey, you know, can you turn this around by like 9 a.m.? And I'm like, it's 2 in the morning. Right. I'm about to go to sleep because I just got home from work. Right. Exactly. And there are no rules. And um, I guess my final question for you is, um, what is your dream as an adult? Uh, my dream as an adult. My dream as an adult is to be able to see uh, more folks uh, understand uh, the importance of progress, the importance of um, leading a better lifestyle, not only for the planet, but for themselves as well. Uh, and to see folks uh, have more compassion uh, for one another and to figure out ways we can work together instead of dividing and conquering each other, whether it be in our own communities or in a broader conversation of what's happening right now in America. Right? It's all one, right? We're yeah, all on the same planet? It's all one. I think that if, if we find ways to just work together instead of hating each other, I think that we'll be a lot less stressed and live a better lifestyle. That's beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, have a great day.
Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast, it's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love, share it with your friends, have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.